Perhaps you've noticed that no matter how much experience you have, how many credentials you stack up, or how much money you make in your business, you're left with the lingering feeling that it just isn't enough. Or maybe even in hearing that, your brain told you that you don't have experiences, credentials, and so on. You may even be afraid that one day you'll be found out and everyone will know that you've just been winging it this entire time. Not only that, but this fear has been holding you back from showing up in your business and seeing more of the results you want in a major way. If your confidence is wavering, your impulse is to pile on more knowledge, and you still don't know if you have what it takes to make it in business, then today's episode is a must listen that is going to help you to think about those imposter thoughts in a totally different way. You're listening to One Simple Shift, and I'm your host, Amanda Joyce Weber, the mindset coach and business mentor that believes it is possible to have a beautiful, balanced life and a successful, thriving business. In fact, what if success wasn't as complicated as everyone was making it out to be? What if the magic formula you've been looking for has been you all along? Each week, I cut through the noise and bring you one simple, actionable mindset shift you can implement today to completely transform the way you show up daily and the results you see because of it. All success starts with the right mindset, and it's time that you create the life and business you've always dreamed of. Let's get started. My guest today is Jill Parrick. Jill is a mindset coach who specializes in helping female entrepreneurs overcome imposter syndrome using modalities such as neuro-linguistic programming, hypnosis, breathwork, and Reiki. Jill, welcome to One Simple Shift. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Amanda. I am so excited to chat with you today. So I read your bio, but I would love to hear in your own words. Can you tell me a little bit about what it is that you do and why you do it? Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, I am kind of an imposter syndrome expert, and I'm a coach, and I help female entrepreneurs overcome that imposter syndrome because I know firsthand how it feels to be so capable and so qualified and still feel like you're not good enough or like you don't know what you're doing or that somebody is going to kind of find you out. And I realized how much we internalize this feeling when I was feeling it all through university um, and then in my corporate job. And then when I became a coach, I just kept thinking, once I get that next degree or that next certification or that next this or that, I would be good enough and I would feel qualified and competent. But what I realized was like the circumstance never changes how you feel. So when I realized um, that the work was really in the worthiness work that I was doing on myself, overcoming those beliefs that I had about myself that told me that I couldn't do everything that I wanted to accomplish, um, I really started to feel good enough and feel worthy and feel really confident in my skills because we can have all the certifications and all the education, but um, having that certificate doesn't mean that you feel competent enough to actually use the skills. So I think that it's great and necessary to be qualified in all that stuff, but you also have to like take the action and actually integrate the stuff that you're learning. So as to why I help 
female entrepreneurs with this stuff. It's for them to feel good enough and worthy so they can really overcome all those beliefs about themselves that they have that are telling them that they can't be successful or do whatever they want to do in life and actually achieve amazing things. Because when you achieve everything you've ever wanted, you open it up for other people to really see the possibilities. And I also believe we're just raising the consciousness of the world. Ooh, that was like so packed with juicy stuff. I love it (laughs) so much. So what, what came up for me as you were talking is that I think that as much as the certifications and the credentials and all of that comes into play, the other thing that I see a lot of other female entrepreneurs do is wait for the next monetary milestone to Mm. feel like they are validated, to feel like they are finally, you know, enough and can finally step into that confidence and feel like they have like backing to them. And what I have found to be true is that there's almost no amount of money that can do that for you. But I feel like we think that there's like this magical moment And I think that's true with the certifications and the credentials, but I think especially true with money as well, where every, all of a sudden it'll be like, you know, the skies will open and we will feel so empowered and so confident and like we were made to do this. And all of a sudden, all the fears and all the doubts just like fade into the background. And I have never had a magical moment where all of those things have been true. And I think that where I see the biggest difference isn't necessarily in those external circumstances. It isn't necessarily in, you know, the certificate or the certification or the monetary thing. It's more of deciding inwardly that you are ready to step into that version of yourself. So I am just so curious to hear, is there like one mindset shift that's changed everything for your clients? Yeah, so I just kind of want to refer to what you were saying and the, and I'll kind of jump into that one simple shift, but you are so right that there's never a time in which you're going to feel a certain way and that's because you have to start cultivating those feelings now. You have to start cultivating that feeling of I am worthy, I am good enough because no circumstance, no amount of money is going to change the beliefs you have about yourself or the world. Like, yes, you can make lots of money, but like if you still have the belief that it's hard to make money or you aren't worthy of having it, etc., it's going to be hard to hold on to that. And then I just think that that is such a poignant thing to point out is that when we are going through life, we think that a circumstance, a certificate, an amount of money, a client is going to change the way we feel. And we really have to cultivate that for ourselves in the current moment. So I thought that that was huge. But my one simple shift is to name your inner imposter. And the reason why I think that this is something that is so powerful is it seems so simple, but it's because we spend all this time identifying with our thoughts. We spend all this time thinking things like, I'm not good enough. I'm not good at this. It's not going to work out for me. It's just not in the cards for me. I'm not 
going to be successful. And the thing is, is that's not us talking. That's not who we truly are at our core, especially because as we're kids, we we're so aware of our innate worthiness as children. And you see that with like kids that just say whatever on their mind, or they just like unapologetically want affection or attention or whatever. And that's because they know that they're worthy, but then we're layered with all these experiences and cultural and societal differences and expectations. And they're all put on us as we grow up. And this contributes to us having these thoughts about ourselves. So I think for me, the biggest thing that I ever did was learn how to disassociate my true inner self from my inner imposter. And if you have me on Instagram at your coach, Jill, you'll see that I have Rhonda and that's what I call my (laughs) inner imposter. Don't you love that? I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Rhonda is a bitch and she's terrible (laughs) and she says the meanest things to me. And once I started to disassociate her from who I actually was in terms of like being compassionate towards myself and loving myself and all that stuff, like imposter syndrome is really like people think it helps you. Like they think, oh, like this is helping me be motivated. This is helping me set the bar higher, set my expectations of myself higher, but really it's just berating you and guilting you and shaming you. So my one simple shift is to name your inner imposter, something hilarious like Rhonda, um, and really learn how to separate her from you. Oh my goodness. I love so many things about this, but first of all, Rhonda, I just think that that is amazing. I don't, (laughs) I don't know a Rhonda. And I think that might be why I'm like, that is the most amazing name because you know how, when you try to name your inner imposter and you're like, well, I can't call it that because I know too many people name that. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, exactly. Oh, but that's so good. What I really resonated with what you were just saying was that we think that we're going to perform better because of that voice in our head, right? That says like, we're not good enough or we need to work harder or whatever, right? And I think that that's so true because especially when I work with clients, they're, and I mean, I've even experienced this myself, we're so afraid to detach from that voice because it's almost like we think, well, like then I just won't show up, right? Like then I won't show up for my business. Then I won't get anything done. Then I won't like, this is the thing that keeps me going. This is the thing that keeps me driving forward. Right. So we're like so afraid to detach from that inner voice that says we're not enough. So I'm just curious if you have any experience with that or if you know, even know what I'm talking about there or like what comes up for you. Yeah. So um, in neuro-linguistic programming, we have this thing called secondary gain. And secondary gain is essentially a reason as to why you would want to hold on to something that on the surface isn't serving you. And that's because we have this belief that what is negative about our self-talk or shame or guilt or whatever is serving us in some way. So a lot of the time 
why we hold on to like negative beliefs about ourselves is because we think it's serving us in some way, in some capacity. And we can think this consciously or we can think this subconsciously. So kind of like, I don't want to go to a networking event or something like that. But the secondary gain could be that you're just protecting yourself because you don't want to be rejected. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. there's there's always a secondary gain to a belief that you have that's hard to shake because even though it seems like, oh, like the fact that I think it's hard to make money or that I'm not good enough is something that clearly is not serving me on the surface. It looks like it's not serving you, but underneath the surface, if we were to peel back the layers, we would maybe find that it's serving you in some way to think like that and perpetuate that certain type of belief. Totally. I think that's fantastic. I just love how you explain that because I know that in the beginning I was very attached to everything being really difficult, like putting a lot of time in, putting a lot of hard work in, letting everyone know like how much I was working on it and like how hard it was. And like, I thought that that was serving me in like some way, right? Because it almost felt like then I felt justified to make money in my business, right? Because I worked so hard for it. But when I like peeled that back, did I really want to have to work super hard or struggle a lot to make money in my business? Like, no, of course not. Like that really wasn't serving me. But I think that like in the moment it, it really was because that's what felt like it was like the driving force or made it feel like I was worthy to make money in my business. And then Of course, when we're able to look at that a little bit deeper, we can shift it and we can start seeing how like ultimately it wasn't serving my goals long term. But I think that like the thing that comes up for me here is that in the moment that feels so real and that feels so like, well, that's just the way things are, right? Like I just have to work really hard to make money or I just like have to make it a struggle to go to networking events or, you know, whatever that is and however that's showing up for our listeners here. But I think that when we can look at that, And almost detached from the circumstance itself, it makes it so much easier to be like, but is that really serving me? Like, do I really want to hold on to this belief? And that makes it easier to shift. Yeah, exactly. And like, it's just like how whenever we are projecting or judging somebody else, like we want to believe that we're right and that what we're feeling is right because that's like our ego part of us. But Mm. if you were to look inside yourself, you would realize that usually if we're judging somebody else or projecting onto somebody else, it's because of an insecurity that we have about ourselves. So there's a lot of different instances where everything that we feel internally is what we're going to see in our external world. And that's why I think it's so important to really do the work on yourself because once you start to shift those beliefs and do that work, like you will be flabbergasted at the amazing things that happen as a result of that. Oh, I love that so much. So you talked a little bit about the difference between like subconscious and conscious mind here. And 
I think that a lot of us struggle with more so the subconscious mind and how that kind of contributes to this. So how can we begin to identify kind of what's going on in the background there and discern between what's kind of real and what's not there? Yeah. So in terms of the subconscious mind, the subconscious runs like 99.996% of our action, thoughts, and behaviors. So we really very rarely act from our conscious mind. And that's because think of your brain as like just a machine and it's just constantly running these strategies and these programs that it's used to running. So if you have a constant program running in the background of you saying terrible things to yourself and thinking I'm not good enough and this and that, your brain is going to create that neural pathway for you. And it's just going to default to that all the time, no matter what you're doing. And I think this example is like really helpful to really understand that the brain takes the path of least resistance whenever it does mm. anything. So if you continue to have a thought about yourself, um, it's going to be like, okay, yep, this is what we think when this happens. Like if somebody rejects you after you get on a call with them, if they're like, oh no, like I'm not going to work with you. I'm going to work with somebody else. What's your default thought? Like I'm not good enough, blah, 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 whatever happens. And each time you go through that and you think that without doing the work on yourself, it's just creating that default strategy in your brain. And then what happens is our thoughts and the way we think create our feelings. And it just goes on a constant loop of having a thought and then having the subsequent feeling of feeling anxious or feeling like we're afraid. And that's why sometimes if you were to get get on a call with somebody and then they end up saying no, you can start to be like, oh my God, my business is going to fall apart. Nobody mm. wants to work with me, even though it's just that one person who said no. But it's because your brain is already 10 steps ahead of you thinking, well, because this one person said no, that means somebody else could say no. And then it can just lead to you losing your business. And then you're going to be homeless on the street. That's where your brain goes. And totally. it's because it's because of those subconscious strategies and the things that are happening in the background. But if we start to do the work on ourselves in terms of peeling back those beliefs we have about ourselves, about our business, about the world, then we're able to lean back into trust, into receptivity, and to worthiness in terms of being like, I'm going to be okay. I trust myself. I know that this is just my brain just like flipping out on me. And the subconscious is really like running the show. It's running everything that happens for you all day. Because if we had to consciously think of everything that was happening to us, we would be exhausted at the end. Of the yes, day. <laughs> totally. We'd so tired. We'd be like, I can't move. I can't talk nothing at all. Because as humans, we're very ritualistic, routine, like human beings. So we're so used to creating programs and strategies that feel comfortable to us. Um, so if you're so used to defaulting on those negative thoughts of feeling not good enough of this and that, if you don't do the work on yourself, it can be really hard to move out of that. And I honestly feel like 
entrepreneurship just amplifies everything, especially in the online space, because it's such a it's such a new thing. And there's a ton of like rejection and you're you're online all day speaking to a camera and you're it's just a whole different world, as you know. It's just a whole other world. Yes. <laughs> and it it brings up a lot of imposter syndrome, a lot of weird fears like, is anybody else doing this? Is anybody gonna understand what I'm doing? Is this sustainable? So yeah, it's just so important to do that work on yourself because if you don't, it can really take away from your consistency in like showing up and just getting the job done, you know? Totally. So the thing that comes up for me here is that these are things that have been repeated time and time again, which is kind of a beautiful thing because then we also have the opportunity to choose a different pattern, to choose a different thing that we want to repeat, to choose something else to program there. And I think that that is just incredibly empowering because that's a decision we can make, right? Like that's a conscious decision we can make if we know that we are defaulting to old habits or old programming. And I think that that is something that I have found to be incredibly useful in building my business is just like knowing what the old patterns were, knowing where what I defaulted to and just like choosing again, like choosing a different mantra or phrase or, you know, just something to go to instead. Because over time, if we just keep like saying like the same old patterns again, it just becomes like more difficult. But if we can shift those, like it becomes so much easier. I know um, one of the mantras I use is it's all working and it's always working, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of times in online business, there's this tendency, like you said, to be on video a lot or to be putting out a lot of content or to just be like doing a lot of things to get visible, to market your business. And I think that there are times when it feels like we're not necessarily seeing a return on that. We're not necessarily seeing the benefit of the work that's going in. And that is one of those mantras that just like made it so much easier for me to keep showing up because every time my brain would be like, this isn't working, we should stop doing Mm -hmm. this. Like, is this really worth it? I would be like, nope, it's all working and it's always working. Over time, that just like becomes the new thing instead of going back to the like, well, should I do that video? You know? (laughs) Totally. Oh my God. And like, As you were speaking on that, I was just thinking how like we spend a lot of time thinking, is this working? Like, is this working? Is this working? Like from your Instagram captions to working on Pinterest to creating YouTube content, like whatever you're doing, because a lot of what we do as online entrepreneurs is like free value type content. You know what I mean? And with that, we always kind of have the thoughts of, is this working? Like, is this going to be the thing that helps push people to eventually work with me? So I love to tell people that like everything you're doing is just compound interest. It's just like, it's all building on top of each other for you to really just reap the benefits, reap the results at some point. But everything you're doing is working for you. Like there isn't anything that you're doing that's like a waste of time or something that you shouldn't be doing. It's all working for you. And if you have that type of thinking going into things, instead of thinking, is this going to be the post that makes me money? Is this going to be the video that 
gets me the client instead of thinking like that, whereas you're always just like on the edge thinking it's not working. Instead, you should kind of adopt the thinking of it's always working. I'm always working towards something and everything that I'm doing is working towards my highest good and a greater result. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. What I've found to be true is that more knowledge is almost never the answer. That's not to say knowledge is bad. There's certainly a time and place, but if you're anything like the women that I work with, and chances are, if you're listening to this, you probably are, you have plenty of information and yet somehow it still doesn't feel like enough. And that right there is a mindset challenge. Lucky for you, it's also what I'm amazing at helping my clients shift so they can think about their business in a totally different way and see new, better, and different results because of it. If you've been struggling with the mindset you need to sell in a way that feels good and has more results to show for it, like more clients and more money in the bank, then I would absolutely love for you to join me on my free Sincere Sales Coaching Call. I do these 30-minute sessions because I honestly love seeing the breakthrough moments and the real results you ladies walk away with, so you definitely want to grab your spot at amandajoyceweber.com slash sincere sales because I only do a limited number of these each week. I'm just so curious to hear, like, how do you tell when it's the imposter syndrome that's really coming out and speaking and that's the inner voice? And when it's like actually true, I think that a lot of us like struggle with, is this true, right? Or is this actually, like, am I actually not qualified? Like, when can you tell that it's imposter syndrome versus when it's something based in truth? So when it comes to imposter syndrome um, and like not knowing if you're actually capable or qualified, just like anything else, like can you look at the evidence and see if it is really true? Because the thing is, is we'll have a thought like I'm not good enough and then we'll just agree with it. We'll just think it's true and we'll probably create evidence or stories around why it's true, but we never go and look at the evidence that tells us that it's not. So If we were to look at the evidence and really ask ourselves, is this ultimately true about me? Like 98% of the time, 99.9% of the time, actually, you'll find that it's not ultimately true. That if it's in the case of, am I just not qualified or capable, I think it's really easy for you to look back at your certifications or look at your education or look at your skills or your experience and really see if it's true. But For everything else, I feel like you just have to look back at the hard, cold evidence and really ask yourself, is this thought that I'm having about myself of the fact that I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy enough or I'm not capable, is that ultimately true? And then from there, you can kind of create the argument that will empower you instead of contributing to the argument that will make you feel more like an imposter, if that makes sense. 
Yes, that totally makes sense. And I just love how you describe that. The other thing I wanted to add to that is that I think a lot of times we try to do this all in our head. Like we try to like stack all the evidence and come up with all the reasons. And ultimately that can create more mental drama. So what I really encourage here is like get out a piece of paper, get out your journal and really write down all of the evidence that you have. Really work through it because there is something about seeing that all written down on a piece of paper that really just makes it feel that much more solid. And like there's that much more evidence of all of the reasons that you are capable and you are enough that sometimes we just can't see when we're trying to rack up the evidence in our head. Yes, I totally agree with you there. And like some people are resistant to journaling, but if it helps for you to just like speak it aloud, to just talk to somebody about it, like especially when it comes to feeling like, an imposter, a lot of people like internalize it because they think it'll make them seem less qualified if they speak about it. But honestly, when you bring light to something that you feel insecure about, you take away its power. And I think with imposter syndrome, everybody is so afraid that they're going to be found out. So to actually speak out about it and be like, you know, I have these thoughts and these feelings, you'd realize that actually 70% of people experience imposter syndrome in their jobs. And we all have these similar types of feelings. And it's totally normal. It's totally natural. And it doesn't help us to keep it all inside because it just kind of excludes us from everybody else. It kind of has us thinking nobody else is having the same thought or feeling when in reality, we're all having these thoughts and feelings. So I definitely recommend you journal it out. If you have a persistent thought of I'm not good enough or a certain belief that keeps coming up for you and really ask yourself, is this ultimately true? And what's the evidence against this argument? Almost like you're in like a courtroom and you're trying to like argue that you aren't a fraud, that you are capable and that you are qualified. Um, And if you don't enjoy journaling, you can always talk to a friend, just speak it aloud and kind of like talk yourself through it as well. Totally. I love that. So is that what you recommend if the sort of like imposter syndrome cycle takes over or what other tips do you have for us? Yeah, so I would definitely like the first thing is definitely have a name for your inner imposter, that person that keeps popping up because it's not you. Um, And then I would have like an accomplishment journal like I have one. And it's my favorite thing ever because I just like go through it each week and I write down small wins and big wins and like things that just happened all week that have actually been really great because I can refer to that when I'm starting to feel like, okay, like that imposter syndrome is coming up or I'm not feeling good enough this week or whatever it is. Um, So I definitely recommend an accomplishment journal, life-changing. And then I would definitely do the journaling or the talking it out when something is like so persistent and coming up in terms of like, I'm not good enough, or I'm not capable enough, or I'm not qualified enough, and really journal out or talk out 
kind of like you're arguing for your case in a courtroom in terms of the evidence that you have against why it's not true that you're not good enough and that it's not true that you're not capable and qualified. So those are a couple of tips. And also too, um, just like you would name your inner imposter, also you can give a name to your highest self and kind of use her as a way for you to be like, okay, in this situation, I want to resort to something that my inner imposter would do or say, but what would my highest self do or say in this situation? Oh, that's so good. I love that. I've never thought about naming the higher self. I think that that's like such a good tip because I think we're so, we're so quick to give a name to the bad stuff, right? Definitely, but like yeah. really having like both sides almost, just like giving your higher self the voice the same way that that imposter takes over. That's just so good. And I love everything that you said about an accomplishment journal. I think that what I love most about that is that you're not just writing them down. You're not just recognizing them, but you're actually referring to them as well when those imposter thoughts start to take over. And I really feel like that is next level. Like that's the next step because I think that it's really easy to recognize the wins in the moment, maybe big or small, but when things are feeling, you know, not quite as good, not quite as easy, we're starting to feel more like an imposter, not good enough. I think it's so important to remember that we do have these tools to lean on. And that is why we keep things like an accomplishment journal is so that we can remind ourselves when, those moments come up. So I just loved what you said there. So, so good. Yeah. And I also feel like too, with the accomplishment journal, it's not so much that the negative thoughts are bad. It's the fact that you self-sabotage as a result of the negative thoughts. So why it's so good to have an accomplishment journal is because if you're starting to feel like, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm not capable, whatever, you can refer to those accomplishments and you'll actually um, really move out of that state of feeling not good enough. And then you're able to kind of avoid whatever self-sabotage would have ensued if you would have leaned into those more negative, unserving kind of thoughts. Oh, yes. That's so good too. Such a good point. So I think you mentioned that you had a 30-day journaling prompt workbook that would help our listeners to overcome their inner imposter. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. So I have created a 30-day journaling freebie where you can actually start working through those beliefs that are holding you back and the things that you may not realize are affecting you subconsciously because even though we have our conscious thoughts as we were talking about in this episode we have a lot of subconscious beliefs and things that may be affecting us every day that we don't even realize it so I've created 30 days of journal prompts so you can work on it day by day and pull back the curtain on those things that could potentially be holding you back. Yes, I love that. I love that, especially because I think sometimes we think that like, we have to uncover everything in one day, right? Like, we need to get to the root of it all so that we can feel good finally, right? Like, so I love that it's sort of that, um, 
that like day by day approach and that you can really work on it over time. And it's something that you can pull back the curtain on piece by piece. So I think that's fantastic. Um, Jill, if people loved what they heard from you today, where can they find you? I am on Instagram at your coach Jill, and that's where you can find all the links to my free stuff and my videos and my reels and all that good stuff. So you can come see me over there at your coach Jill on Instagram. Beautiful. All right. You guys heard it. Definitely go check her out over there. And thank you so much for joining us today and talking about imposter syndrome and giving us all this valuable insight. Yes, this was awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Amanda. Thanks for listening to One Simple Shift. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at amandajoyceweber.com slash one simple shift. If you're loving this podcast, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews truly mean the world to me, helping me to reach more people and have more impact. And as a special thanks, we'll reach out to everyone that leaves a review and you'll receive my absolutely free life and business changing future you meditation. This mindset exercise is the simplest, easiest way to tap into future you today and start being that woman now. I only wish I had a visualization exercise like this when I first started my business and now it's available to all of you. Simply screenshot your review and email it to me at amanda at amandajoyceweber.com to receive your free meditation. And remember, sometimes the only thing standing in the way of a more profitable business and a more fulfilling life is one simple shift. Totally. And I think the thing that comes up for me as you were talking, sorry, my puppy is like going out the door here. So I'm hoping he'll stop so I can talk. (laughs)